And it shows an individual who just thinks he's got everything going for him. He's making these great plans. And understand there's nothing wrong with making plans. But he's completely leaving God out of his plans. We have to remember that we have to rely upon God for everything we do. So in chapter 4, verse 13 and following, Christian read this, but let's read it again together. In chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Come now, again, making this illustration, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city and spend a year there and engage in business and to make profit. This individual or individuals are making plans. They're thinking about the great things they can do from a financial, from a personal, from a worldly basis. Again, completely leaving God out of their plans. At no point do they say, if God wills, if God will allow, if God will provide this opportunity. Verse 14, James says, You do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. Then he uses this illustration we're familiar with. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You ever thought about your life like that? I tell you, the older I get, the more this makes sense to me. When I was 16, 17, 18 years old, I thought I was invincible. I thought I was going to live forever. I thought I could do everything. I had such an arrogant demeanor about me. The older I get, the more this makes sense to me. Life is so short. It's so fragile. It's so ever-changing, and we are so dependent upon God. We don't like to admit it. This is what these individuals were doing. They were not dependent upon God. They were not including God in their lives. Verse 15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will also do this or do that. You see, they were taking account of their lives. They were taking the direction their lives should have gone. What they didn't realize is God is the one that gives life. God is the one that's in charge of all of these things. And nothing happens without God giving His stamp of approval, if you will. They were leaving God completely out. In verse 16, he closes this and says, But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Now, there's much we can learn from this. Many ways we could go from this. But I want to focus on the crying wolf. Christians back then, and I want that to apply to your life now, Christians now, today, myself, perhaps you at times, we forget about our dependence upon God. We forget about the situation that we're in. We forget about those things that are danger to us. That safety net, it's not going to be there if we don't take it seriously. And we have to be very careful because we can cry Christianity or cry wolf with our Christianity in a variety of ways. And I've narrowed it down just to three that I want to mention just briefly tonight. And I think that we can make a personal application very easily for all of these things. If you've never been in this boat, if you've never been surprised, if you've never felt this way, I would be, I would be shocked. I would be surprised because I feel like this, unfortunately, pretty frequently. I forget about God. I forget that He's in the driver's seat. And when we look at these words here, this word submit that's mentioned, it's literally like giving you the keys to your truck. And that person's driving the truck. You're the passenger inside. You're submitting your will to that individual. They're the ones in charge. And it makes complete sense to me because God, obviously, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the all-merciful, the all-loving, the just God that we love and that we serve, He needs to be driving the truck. He's the one that needs to have the keys. He's the one that needs to make sure everything is going to be okay. We need to make sure that we depend upon Him in everything that we do. So how can we cry wolf with our Christianity? 
First of all, I want you to look at verse 13 there. Verse 13, these individuals were showing a demeanor that was not a good thing. It says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such city and spend a year there and engage in business and to make profit. Now, I've compressed this and just given it the adjective of being comfortable. Getting comfortable being a Christian. Now, I used to think the longer I was a Christian, of course, the more mature you would get, the more your faith increases. Um, and almost the easier, if you will, it is to become a Christian. I think there's some truth in that. But one of the darts Satan throws at us as we are Christians longer in our lives is we can become comfortable. We can kind of let our guard down. All that armor that Paul talks about that we're wearing to combat the fiery darts of Satan, it can get worn out if we're not careful. When we think about becoming comfortable, I've got a, 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 a love seat in my I call it my man cave. It's where I get to watch my baseball and my football games upstairs in our house. And it's an old love seat. It doesn't match anything that we've got. It's dirty. It's broken on one side, so I sit cockeyed on it. But it's comfortable. I'll never get rid of it because it's comfortable. I'm used to it. The danger to that is just that. We can be getting used to being a Christian which means we let our hair down and we forget to put effort into it and action into it and be aware of our surroundings. I think Peter said it best in 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 8, where he says we have to be aware or be sober because Satan's walking around like a roaring lion looking for victims, looking whom he can devour. And if we're comfortable being a Christian, that could be one of the ways we cry of wolves, not understanding the seriousness that we're in. We've all known people who have been members of the church their entire life. And for whatever rhyme or for whatever reason, during the last couple of years of their life, they've fallen away for whatever reason. We have to be careful not to become too comfortable, but to finish the race that's been set before us. Verse 14 shows us another way that we can become or cry wolf with our Christianity. You who do not know what your life will be like tomorrow, you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. We can lie to ourselves about what is important in this life. We talked about a little bit this morning that we can take those personal road trips and we can have those personal goals that we set for ourselves, which is good and which is, which is fine. But we can become so enamored with those and so caught up in what have Uh, what the world has to offer. And there's a lot of shiny objects that the world has to offer. Again, the older I get, the more I realize that, the more I recognize that, and the more you realize what's truly important in life. Like your family on Father's Day. How important that truly, truly is. We can forget about what's truly important. And that is serving God to the best of our abilities for our entire life. Making plans is fine. Just keep God in your plans. Making plans is a good thing. Just make sure you keep God in your plans. Making plans are something we should do. I wouldn't stand before you now and say, never put money in the bank. Never save for college. Never make sure you're going to put money out for a rainy day because you're going to need tires or the car is going to break down or the air conditioner is going to go out. By the way, our, our washing machine went out last week. I think a few weeks ago I stood before you with all the appliances that have gone out. We can add one more to them. We have to save for a rainy day. We have to make plans. 
Let's just make sure we keep God in those plans. Because if we don't, we forget what's important. That's another way we can cry wolf with our Christianity. Verses 15 and verses 16 talk about the last thing that I want to bring to your attention tonight. It says, Instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or do that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. I present this because I think this is something that I struggle in my life with, that I rely upon myself far too often. In fact, I often joke with Suzanne that if I was able to open my shirt up right now, you would see that Superman symbol underneath it because my first inclination or my first thought when there's a problem or a decision to make, unfortunately, is to power drive right through it and we're going to make this work. Unfortunately, usually the last thing I think about is getting on my knees like James did and going to God in prayer and asking for help. Lord, please take this burden from me. Give me guidance. Give me wisdom. Help me through this. Being the head of the household is challenging. You bear that burden. We bear that burden. We forget we don't have to bear that ourselves. God's going to be with us. When we rely upon ourselves, whether it's the world or Satan, and we're constantly pursuing those shiny things out there, we're relying upon ourselves and we're not relying upon God. And this is the main focal point James is trying to say here with this illustration. Rely upon God. It's always rely upon God. Go to your knees in prayer. Bring everything before God. Not just the most difficult things or just the challenging things, but everything. We should be going to God through prayer, asking those guidance, asking for those issues to be resolved and bearing those burdens for us. James is telling us to make sure that we go to God with everything that we do. The other side of the coin is this, and the lesson will be yours. The things that we are challenged with, that we can cry a wolf with our Christianity, we just laid before you. But there's an antidote for that beginning in verse 7. Verse 7, James says, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I don't know if you've ever noticed that in your reading. This is by far one of the most comforting passages you will read. Resist the devil. Submit yourselves to God, and he will flee from you. If you're anything like me, there's been many times in your life where you have felt like the devil's just got you in an arm bar or a chokehold or, or some other kind of hold where you feel like you just can't deal with it. You just feel so overwhelmed and encompassed with problems. You just don't know where, you don't know where the air is. You don't know which way is up. We look at this, James is telling us we have to just simply submit to God. Again, that's taking the keys out of our pocket. That's giving them to God and letting Him be in control of everything that's going on in our lives. Giving us that guidance and giving us that wisdom, which by the way, James talks about in the book of James as well. You want wisdom? You just got to ask for it. That's what James tells us. God gives it to us liberally. We just got to ask. Submit to ourselves to God. Verse 7. Verse 7 talks about resisting the devil as well. He's going to flee from us. Whatever arm bar he has, whatever control he's going to have on our life, understand it's not overwhelming. It's something that we can and should get out of. Verse 8 tells us, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, 
you double-minded. Again, James is referring to the, to the, the people at that time, likely the Jewish Christians, who were struggling with this, not putting God in their minds, in their hearts, their actions, their lives, their demeanor. And he's calling them double-minded, trying to be pleasing to God, but also trying to be pleasing to themselves. Draw near to God, He will draw near to you. I think sometimes we forget about the relationship we have with God. I think sometimes we forget about how important that relationship is. That there's no other important relationship you will have that is that important as the one that we have with God. And as we talked about this morning, we start thinking about our attendance, or perhaps it's our prayer life, or it's our giving our influence or maybe it's our Bible study, when that starts lacking and that that gap gets created with God, understand all we have to do is turn back around because He's always there. And if there's a gap in our life, that relationship is suffering, we have to realize it's not God that's causing that to happen. It's our actions. It's something that we've caused. But it's also something that we can remedy. We can turn that back around and fix those things. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Draw near to God, and I think perhaps this is the most important, and I like how James keeps this towards the end in verse 10. He says, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. You know, humility, I think we all understand what that is, but unfortunately, we live in a, in a society, in a culture where humility is not recognized. Humility is something that's not looked at as being a good quality. I just got done watching some of the NBA playoffs, some of the finals that were going on, the two teams going head-to-head, and of course there would always be an interview that one would trash-talk the other team, and the other team would trash-talk the other team, and it's about the paychecks and how many baskets they've made and how many of this and how many of that. We see it in professional sports. We see it in a variety of institutions around us, and the person that does the right thing, who's quiet and makes the right decision whether someone is watching or not, is typically in our culture, in our society, not something that is embraced. It's not something that is encouraged. James is encouraging that now. Be humble. Humble yourselves to God. It shouldn't be about what we can do so others can see it. It should be about, obviously, what we can do so God can see it. Because we know God sees all of those things. This is the antidote for crying wolf. This is the antidote for crying wolf with our salvation and our Christianity. Submit to God, resist the devil, draw near to God, and humble ourselves to God. Sounds simple enough, doesn't it? But it's hard to put into practice. Simple enough, but it's hard to put into practice. Simple lesson tonight, easy to understand. James is so ambiguous, he's so clear, he's so black and white. But he deals with a problem I think all of us, perhaps at one time or another in our lives, tend to struggle with. Crying wolf. Are you crying wolf with your Christianity tonight? The lesson is yours, but as we sum up, let's ask this question just one more time. If you're here tonight, you're crying wolf with your Christianity, you don't realize the serious nature of it. You've forgotten about it for a variety of reasons. Life can be hard. Life can be challenging. Satan can be so strong. Remember what James has to say about these things. Don't cry wolf with your Christianity or your salvation. Remember how important it is. Remember how important serving God to the best of our abilities every day of our lives. That has to be our priority. That has to be 
our focal point with everything that we do. If you're here tonight and you've not yet become a Christian, you have one more opportunity to do that tonight. We are here, we are available, we are ready. If we can help in any way, please come forward now while together we stand and sing.